Herzlich Willkommen zum Modellansatz, der mathematische Podcast aus Karlsruhe mit Gudrun Täter und Sebastian Ritterbusch. Everybody. It's really nice to have uh, two shiny young faces here in my office, which uh, during the last year I've seen only during my lectures when I was teaching advanced mathematics courses one and two for mechanical engineers coming from all over the world to Germany to become mechanical engineers. And um, during um, the last weeks, we were kind of uh, discussing before class. Um, how it felt to go through this education and com in comparison to also the mathematical education before. And I was thinking it might be a good idea to have this conversation also for the podcast. And so I asked and um, they kindly agreed to have the conversation with me. So I welcome them with a happy heart here. So maybe it's a good um, way to start the conversation when you introduce you, uh, what's your name, where you come from. So, hello, I'm Yue Yang, and I'm from China. I stayed in Stuttgart two years before the university starts. And I'm Siddhant. Uh, I come from India originally, but I've stayed in Dubai my entire life. Yes. So, what was your experience uh, with going through the educational system in Dubai? Well, even though I was in Dubai, I did still study under the Indian education system. And as far as primary school goes, I feel internationally, irrespective of what syllabus or curriculum you're studying under, it's the same because it, it doesn't go into that detail. But um, the difference I felt was more pronounced in high school, where especially in maths, it was more of just providing us with uh, recipes and how to solve questions and how to just, yeah, it, w it focused more on solving questions than on understanding why it happened. And I guess it was more because they provided us with the tools to do math, but not the actual reasoning behind it. Yes, and uh, with you? So for me, because I switched during the high school, so in China it's more like the India system, we are given recipes to solve the question without understanding them. But in the international school, actually it's more like university. You have you are given the problem, you understand the, it uh, completely, and then you solve it. So... For me, the switching between high school and university is not that. Yes. So did uh, did you do the high school years um, only with um, a few of your uh, the persons who have the same age, or is it something like half of the people are doing, or you know what is the percentage of people um, going through high school in China? Mm -hmm. uh, I will say. You don't have to speak for whole China, just about your experience. No, like uh, for me, uh, it's like 90% of the people from my junior high school mm. successfully in going to the senior high school. Yeah. So, but between middle school and high school? Middle school, you mean junior mm. high school? No, I don't really know the, the concept of junior oh, the, high school because... Yes, we have primary school for five years mm -hmm. and then junior high school for four years okay, and then senior high school, school for then, yeah, Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. the difference between middle school and high school? So the difference is that for middle school, we study for, uh, study for mainly an exam, the entrance exam for the high school. Mm -hmm. So it's more like the recipes and stuff. And because I only stayed in Chinese system high school for only one year, it's not that stressful. But as I can imagine, when it goes to the third year of the high school, it will be more like the last year of the junior high school It's like, so basically it's like we study for the exam and we use the recipe to solve the question just to get the right answer without understanding what's behind them, things like that. Yes. And what would be other topics you have to study um, except mathematics? So mathematics we were talking about already. So what would be other topics which would have similar importance? Um, Chinese, English, physics, chemistry and biology. Okay, that is quite a lot so compared to what you have to learn now, I would say. <laughs> yeah. 
And in your case, um, how is the percentage of people taking the courses in order to enter university afterwards? So the you know if you start with primary school, everybody has to take, but then things start to diverge a little bit. I think uh, being in Dubai is a bit different than uh, being in a country of native origin mm -hmm. because Dubai is not really a place where an expatriate can get a residence visa. Mm -hmm. So if there's any family there, the parents would require the child to go and get the highest degree of uh, education qualification. So I think 90 to 100% of students who are there in middle school somehow make it through to high school so that they can attend a college. Mm. Yeah. So the thing is that I'm, of course, I'm a little bit curious to know all of these things, but it's also a discussion here in Germany always if there are too many um, students allowed kind of um, to take uh, the exams in order to enter high school. And uh, does this mean that the education in a high school is devalued if the half of the people are able to pass the exams, things like that? Because, you know, the parents' generation can remember a time when it was between 10 and 20 percent. And uh, now it's more like almost 50 percent. But of course, in these types of calculations, I think they forget about the people which in former times also made this type of exams just later in life. So they first learned a profession and then they found out that they can do more and that, you know, in, in evening school and things like that, um, they had possibilities also to have a university education just a little bit later in life. And I feel, I mean, in sorry, in that ex aspect, I also feel there's a shift in um, what people can expect to achieve from their own merit and experience mm -hmm. compared to what um, you can achieve through getting a high school degree, even even maybe if you look at a span of 30 years from now, right? Because right now, uh, we know so much about a particular field that any good company or any good any ins institution would preferably hire a person who is qualified and has... Um, and has actually studied all of that background than someone who has just just the experience but no educational qualification. So I feel there's a difference in that and because of which there's a greater push as, from the parents as well as from children who want to achieve things to get through middle school, high school and college. Yeah. So Okay, I think in Germany it was always like that and it's still like that that they look at your highest um, exam. And only that afterwards they look what you can do, mm. <laughs> which sometimes is not really nice, but that's how the culture works. And then this is always compared to how it's in the U.S., where you know it doesn't really matter as long as you do things, um, you are valued for that. I don't think this is always the case, but it's more like that uh, compared to Germany. Um, so during the time in school, maybe I'm uh, asking you first. Uh, did you already imagine uh, to become a person um, studying technical stuff afterwards? Uh, yes, technical stuff, yes, but not necessarily mechanical engineering. So uh, I decided to come to come here is because first I uh, had two years in Germany and I've seen Germany is a good place for me, so I decided to stay in Germany. And then Secondly, German is famous for mechanical engineering, so I just basically decided. Mm. <laughs> you take the best we have to offer, which is mechanical engineering. Yeah. May I ask for the reasons why you came to Stuttgart? Uh, because my mom uh, has a job in Stuttgart, mm. so I came with her. With the family? Mm. Mm. So, and uh, did you see yourself as a person becoming an engineer also already when you were younger? Well, um, maybe like if I speak about five years back from now, not necessarily an engineer, but I definitely knew I wanted to get in some sort of a technical or creative sort of field because I could feel the aptitude for that. But yes, in, in the past three, two years, when I got into high school specialized studies, then I did realize that I definitely wanted to be an engineer. Is there someone in your family or the friends of your parents who could be an example for this type of job? Actually, no. There's <laughs> no one in in both my parents' side or any of their friends who is uh, who is into engineering as a field. So, yeah. 
Unfortunately, this is kind of a job which still is okay to, you know, to take even to people who are not engineers themselves. Maybe sometimes it's not so easy to make it feel to them that it's really a creative thing. Yeah. And this, at least in my experience. So, and how is it in your family? No, no one no is. No engineers? No engineers. <laughs> so what's the profession of your mother which brought you to Germany? Uh, her profession is marketing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and brought me to Germany. The reason I came to Germany is because she got her job in mm. Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this, because sometimes, um, so we are, of course, taking from all over the world because um, we try to take the best, which are not always <laughs> German. But it's very, very often in technical stuff, I would think, because this is one of the strong points where we have a lot of industry working. And that's why I was kind of assuming in my head that she must be someone working in technical stuff. And so she's a marketing expert. Yeah. But of course, you know, this, this type of things that you communicate what the company does is also an important thing. Mm. Yeah. I think which will become even more important in the future as well. Not because you have to even, you know, to communicate to future engineers what kind of possibilities there are to work later on with your degree and um, in which direction you could develop things like that um, usually the people who are engineers they are not so good at that because they don't le learn it and um, somehow this type of behavior is not very much encouraged at least not in Germany and then uh, they really need experts in that which are able to learn enough about the technical stuff in order to be able to address the younger engineers uh, about these things. So they have to know parts of both. So how to communicate, how to reach humans, and then also to speak with the right vocabulary um, to reach the technical people. But, um, just on that same topic, I mean, uh, my father works in sales, but he does work for a German company. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, so he's in, a, in in contact with a lot of people because, because of his occupation. But there's this saying in Dubai about German companies that they make the best products, they market it in the worst way possible. <laughs> so really nice. What the German companies really need are good uh, people to market the product than to just develop it well. Yeah. No, it's kind of also for... Being a German myself, you very often are surprised uh, to hear the name of a company in some context. So, for example, for me, typically it would be there is a master thesis. Student comes to me, I want to make the master thesis there with this company. Uh, would you maybe accompany me there? So, is this okay? And then I hear this name for the first time. Then you Google it and you look at it and then you see it's like, 10,000 people working there, producing 20% of the things in the world exactly. in their field. Yes. And I'm like, but I never heard about them. How is that possible in a field where I feel like I'm working long enough? Yeah, <laughs> yeah but this happened uh, several times to me. And so this is maybe part of what you were talking about. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because sometimes you think that um, the quality of the product is enough to make it work, but it's not always true. Um, so maybe asking you now, <laughs> um, you, you had um, an idea what uh, studying in German would look like, and of course you had an idea um, how it would feel to take the course in mechanical engineering. So how much does the reality of one year here in Karlsruhe coincide with this picture you had before? I think it coincides quite good. Quite good? That's yeah. like It's like what I imagined. I came here, go to the lecture and go to the tutorial, understand things, and then take the exam. So um, this kind of sounds like you did the right decision for the moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And for you? Um, I feel so too. I mean, I share her opinion. I do think that it has met my expectations because 
one thing that I didn't really like about, um, I won't take specific names, but countries with colleges in the West mm-hmm. is apart from just the, um, the study culture, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of other culture which is not necessarily important in your college education, like the party culture and all of these things, which I didn't really want to be part of. And that's a, a reason I prefer Germany. And so, yeah, it's meeting my expectations. I'm happy with how it is. Yeah. So, and um, from the courses, maybe we start with what courses do you have to take during the first year? So, that because at the moment, everything is kind of um, fixed for you still. So, and then you can speak for all of the persons in your study course. Well, um, we had advanced mathematics, one and two. We have uh, technische mechanics, so mechanical uh, engineering mechanics, one and two. We had mechanical design, one and two. Of course, core subject for mechanical engineering. We had material science, one and two. We had basics of manufacturing technology, computer science, and uh, and a few supplementary English subjects, like yeah, intercultural communication and technical, technical English. English. Mm. Yeah, the technical English makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, when I was taking my study course, we had to take English courses during the first two years, and it was kind of mathematical English in our case, and also mathematical Russian. Oh, okay. Two languages, and we had to make an exam where we had to read the technical text and then um, say in German what it was about as a as a so like give, getting the text in the moment, having to read it with a dictionary. Uh, with like 15 minutes or something and then to be able to to give it in German <laughs> you're not really as a translation but you know that that's what you really need afterwards mm-hmm. that you can read the text and know what it's about yeah yeah and I think our mathematical students they usually don't have to take um, languages but they can mm-hmm. um, with this like extra ECTS where you can choose whatever you like mm-hmm. which is considered to be education <laughs> because everything you like is a little bit uh, far but uh. it really is because i mean even in this day and age the problem areas in these technical fields don't lie within the technical field itself so the problem there's there's no problem within mechanical engineering but the problem is when you have a project which most projects are these days which lies on the interface between different fields of mechanical engineering and that's where you require someone who can translate a mechanical engineer between a mechanical chemical and electrical engineer for example and it's the same thing with language because you have a lot of russian researchers and scientists who are working on great stuff right but uh, if you don't have someone who can translate it or you're not someone who can translate it then you're pretty much lost you're stuck in your own sphere for example mm. So um, during um, within all these courses you were talking about, which was quite an impressive number to my ears, <laughs> I, I know that, you know it's kind of a, a general knowledge uh, without any precise facts that the, the engineering students they are really busy, <laughs> but I wasn't expecting uh, you to be that busy. <laughs> so what were the courses you liked most, on, and what were the courses which might have presented them in a little bit different way than you expected? Um, I think I'm more into AM mm-hmm. and EM, but I think uh, MD, uh, here MD referred to mechanical design, is a little bit not what I'm expecting. So, yeah. Like, we learn series, of course, but we haven't have a hand on the actual things, except the... Uh, workshop in the first semester what did you do in this workshop uh, we assemble a gearbox as a group or as a group yeah yeah we were actually in the same group yeah it's yeah. very fun yeah yeah but this is kind of the better situation also it's more comparable to what you will do later on mm-hmm. to have a group work and to make the group work <laughs> yeah And so in your case, what are your preferred subjects and what might have been a little bit different than you expected it to be? Well, in fact, contrary to what Yu Yang said, I actually, um, one of my favorite lectures was the mechanical design lecture because um, 
there it involves a lot of narrative storytelling because um it focuses on design yes so to really understand design and to just uh, you you i don't think you can just focus on the theory and understand design what you need is someone who has been on the field for a lot of years and has a lot of experience in all of these factors that we're learning and all these theories so that we get real life experience and our professor professor bokhart who teaches us is really experienced in this field and he still works so i find that really good uh, i also like mathematics a lot because it's opened up this whole new vista of mathematics which i didn't even know existed till high school and um as far as that i don't necessarily think that yeah i mean all the subjects do meet their expectations i'm not saying that i like all of them but yeah they definitely do meet what expectations i had from them yes so with the mathematical students which sometimes talk to me about their masters project or maybe even earlier with a very interesting bachelor thesis uh the the typical answer i'm getting is that um during the first two years it was really boring <laughs> not in the sense of course they were they had to learn the hard way uh, that uh, that they can pass the exams but they didn't really see what was the reason to learn all the stuff so and this is like just you know like bags of theory putting one on top of each other and sometimes one tumbles down and put and stays there next and then you just have to trust that this leads to something yeah and then only uh, when they in the third year they see a little bit of um, mathematics which is really remote from what they learned at school so like numerics or stochastics or the real more advanced algebraic topics things like that when they start to feel oh a few things i learned in the two years i have to know in order to make these interesting things yeah <laughs> and i think in your case it's a little bit uh, easier to see how things from the very first moment lead to something yes yeah? exactly maybe not with mathematics but with the other stuff but uh, even with mathematics yes, actually for example yeah. we we use eigenvalues in engineering yeah. mechanics just the whole just the whole uh, concept of uh, i imagining um even the fourier coefficients and the um the solutions to a differential equation as vectors forming forming a vector space and different coefficients to get an answer just that whole concept is so new and it's so fascinating for me so it's yeah i think it's pretty interesting what we're doing in mathematics <laughs> so um if you go in through ahead um through the things we did in the first and the second um term together what were the ones which um took you the most time to understand maybe i start with you <laughs> because he's always ready to answer i have to <laughs> ask him more <laughs> uh took me a long time to understand Maybe Fourier series, mm -hmm. like the 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 idea of normal Fourier series. So, which means that you have to calculate its norm and divide by uh, two pi, and yeah, that that is a, a little bit challenging to understand because, like, before we see the function as something on the graph. But when it comes to Fourier series, we have to think it's in vector space and it has its own norm. Yeah, mm. it requires a bit imagination. And in your case, what are the topics which kept you awake at night? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 just iterating a bit. I mean, I think I think the mathematics uh, faculty did uh, faculty did a good job explaining the. Uh, yeah explaining all these concepts and so i don't think there was really something that troubled me a lot but yeah i i'd, I'd share her opinion in the fact that fourier theory was something that took me probably just a, a little more time than everything else to get the grasp of perfectly yeah yeah of course there's always from the very beginning <clears throat> we try to make um make it work that on the one hand <clears throat> we want you to see The greater picture, so to say. So, firstly, where things come from, where they are needed, and things like that. But then also, um, there has to be a little bit like a toolbox uh, ready in the end, and to find the right balance between these two things is not so easy. 
which in fact is where I would um, I would like to actually appreciate the way I mean me and Yu Yang studied in high school because I would say definitely the the brute force calculation approach in high school has made me so capable and so uh, proficient in just the pure calculations that right now I can focus more on understanding the theory and the bigger picture than on how to carry out these calculations. So that's yeah. helpful. I agree with that, yes. Good starts with, like, familiar with all the calculations and you just need to get, what should I do next? instead of and how, how to go. I yeah. do this. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the next thing that um, we start with something which is very well known from school. And then I'm always trying to motivate this by, of course, we have to have, you are very heterogeneous as um, students. So we try to homogenize that a little bit, but also because we want to speak about things you know in the language of mathematics, which might be a little bit different than you know it from school. And so this gives a good opportunity to do that. But then there's always a moment when you learn things which you didn't know from school. And then not to be bored at the very beginning and to think this is also easy, and then to miss the point when it starts to be not that easy at all. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then also we go through learning about dif differentiation and after that integration, and you need all of that in order to then later on calculate the Fourier coefficients. But the Fourier coefficients in our script are just an example for a vector space, yeah. Yeah. which is a vector space which is not just you know a geometrical thing, and um, then to keep everything together. Yeah. Also, um, sometimes um, you have, you might have the idea from school that there is one optimal way to pr um, to present one after the other, which of course for mathematics is not true at all. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so we kind of decide uh, how we present things and what connections we make obvious and what connections we kind of only hint to. And then if you compare what you, if you might know another mechanical engineering student who has advanced mathematics at, in a different university and compare that to each other and then they have things which we learn only in the second term, they have this in the first term and then you get completely confused what is the right thing. Then yeah. the right doesn't really exist, there are just different um, possibilities to do that. But I mean, I feel that's where, again, that's an achievement of the math department in this, at least with our batch. Is that if you look, I mean, especially you've corrected the papers, so I've, I've seen some of my friends' papers. My answer is very different from my uh, friend's answer, which is very different from anyone else's answer. So I think that's where the our heterogeneity comes out, as well as the um, as well as the proficiency of the math department comes out, because that means that they've not just taught us one way to go about a solution but they have taught us what the solution is and we find our way to the solution hmm. yeah it was also part of the fun yeah <laughs> yeah we already had this in midterm there was one um, problem where i had probably like six or, or seven different solutions and in my head there were already two different ones and i found myself really fancy with that and then <laughs> i was like oh but there are completely other ways to do that and uh, i like that very much yeah. Uh, of course, uh, this was still a geometrical thing to be done, where you kind of also have different um, ways what you feel comfortable with imagining in your head and then putting into calculations. Yeah. But nevertheless, this is really nice to see. Um, when you um, um, think about how you organized yourself um, learning about mathematics. So we had this uh, lecture course where, you, where we met each um, week two times and then the problem class and then additional tutorial. Um, what is your experience with this um, organization of learning mathematics? So um, do you feel um, very different about um, working during lecture and working with the script for the lecture, things like that? and then working with the problems and uh, interacting both with the tutor, which is a person which is himself still a student, then with uh, Monica, which was doing the problem classes, um, who's doing her PhD here. So she has a lot of mathematical experience, but is not an engineer. And with me as your lecturer. 
So um, how would you describe this to someone else, so maybe in your family or with your friends, how this works for you? Um, you don't have to speak for the others, just for you. <laughs> for me, I think it's great. Like in the lecture, we get the series, and for the uh, for the program class, we know how to apply the theory to the actual question. And for the tutorial, we have a chance to ask our questions. And since the tutor is just a senior, just one one batch above us, it's like more easier to talk with him. So, yeah, I think it's great. Yeah, li likewise, I'd say that the organizational aspect of this is, it, I mean, it's really convenient and it is also really well-organized or well-structured in that way because uh, there is a discrete distinction between just the theory and then applying it to, nu to numerical problems, for example. And so that's why I feel it is necessary and a welcome... Um, inclusion, that there's this separation between these three courses. And did you work a lot with the script or did you just listen to the lecture and then made your own notes and worked with your own notes? Uh, I, I actually did both because uh, there are some things where you need someone to explain it to you because the script is extremely technical. And what I felt was the lectures assisted me um, so in order that I could understand the script well. Because just looking at the script without attending any of the lectures, is it's a really daunting task because it has technical definitions and everything is written in a concise and technical manner. So I myself would find it pretty difficult to just read the script. So yeah, I think it was a culmination of both. Mm -hmm. And what's your opinion? Uh, for me, I'm I'm more focused on my notebook because, or you guys know, I never bring script to class. And then, yeah. So for me, it's like I go to the lecture, I took notes and try to understand it as far as I can. And then I go back home and with the help of the note, I read through the script once. If I get it, I get it. If I don't, I will go back to my notes. So I actually put more on my notes than the script. Mm -hmm. uh, this is... Um Of course, there everybody is different, that's for sure. But we always have a little bit of a discussion if it's a good thing to give a script to students. Because, of course, the students will always ask for a script, and it's their good, you know, you're allowed to do that. But then there's always um, the fear that uh, people won't show up for, for the lecture, which is, you know, that they just don't estimate it uh, in the right way, maybe. So to show up to the lecture is, is a good um a good starting point to understand what's uh, taught also in the script. And then um, sometimes people think it's easier to lure the students to come to the lecture if there is no script. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But in the end, for me, it's also a little bit liberating because I know that I can um, give a focus to things where, where I think um, a, a bit of the motivation becomes more clear and then a few of the technicalities which are really different to put on the blackboard in a velocity for everybody. Mm. I can just refer to the script because then people can read the script in their own, you know, the time it takes them to understand it. And so I'm all for a script. <laughs> But um, the, it's just nice to, to hear that from you, what you think about having the script and how you work with it. And... Um, Did you work um, the problem sheet alone or did you have a group of students uh, which together worked the problem sheet? I always work. The mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was the same for me, but it was, yeah, when I needed assistance, I would definitely take some from my friends or from the tutors, but I would try to do it by myself. Mm -hmm. And um, I always get the idea standing in front of the class um, that in your study course, There's a lot of uh, interaction, so students talk to each other a lot, and I would then expect also help each other a lot, even if I don't see this happening really. So, what's your, um, how do you feel being part of this group? How does it work out to be collected from all over the world in order to become a mechanical engineer here in Karlsruhe? I think it's a nice experience. Work with people from different places and. Yeah, stay, study together. I think it's quite nice.
Yeah. I feel it's just you can you can make out the difference in mindset uh, from people. For example, the I'd say the distinction is really sharp in people who've, for example, done some sort of an international course such as IB or an American course, or people who've done an Indian course, you can really make out the difference in the way they approach things, right? Because people who, for example, have attended the Indian course, other peers of mine, they don't really find the lecture that important. They find it more important that they're able to solve the problems, but they they miss the point that you need to attend the lecture and understand what's happening to solve the problems because it's not just a recipe anymore. So yeah, it's it's different, it's interesting, but yeah, I mean, I still try to approach these things by myself because I feel that if I have pre- um, attended the lectures properly, then I should be able to solve these problems by myself. Yeah, because it's also part of what we try to teach also in mathematics is not just um, all the tools you of course need as an engineer, but also a typical mindset. So you are giving a problem then you kind of go through what you have available and try to um, fix things you know you have available and in your head try to, if this makes your problem a little bit easier and once what's still um, kind of not clear and then finding out about your problem if there is maybe missing information which you should get before you are able to formulate it in a way that it's really... Um, just there's really only one answer. <laughs> Which makes it much more closer to the engineering approach, yeah, actually. Yeah. Not just solving a problem based on guidelines, but on observing and what you know and all those things. Yeah, yeah that's what I think about a German engineer. It's not a person who knows all his toolboxes um, by heart, but it's a person you can give anything and then we come up with something. Yeah. <laughs> so in German we say... Um, Nichts ist zu schwer für die Ingenieur. <laughs> so there is nothing too hard for an engineer. Um, and um, okay, sometimes you have time restrictions and even these time restrictions shouldn't make it un- impossible to come up with something. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not with the optimum, but with something. And um, I think there's a lot in this mathematical curriculum which can show already this type of things you that, you know, Firstly, that there is not only one way, so there are several ways, and then also that there is always a connection to other things, and then also that you have to kind of look at the problem and find out um, in which category it it belongs and what kind of tools you you might have, and then also that you know where to look for help, yeah, mm. yeah help in the script or help online, and yeah. you know. Help to understand a certain procedure, which might be a good procedure in order to approach this problem, things like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember I was discussing this with Jonathan uh, before we started the lecture with you. He was the one helping me in the first term. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were thinking that we should give the students the advice firstly, what they have to expect. Secondly, how we think they should learn. Yes. <laughs> And thirdly, that there is not only um, that uh, procedures which we teach them will teach them, but there is much more to it. So they will learn to think, so yeah. to say. And we try to put this also in a podcast conversation. Yes. And so I was I was happy to see that a few of these uh, hopes for your um, course worked out in the way that I saw you doing things in, in very creative ways <laughs> during the exam. Um, so for people thinking about becoming a mechanical engineer, maybe even coming from abroad and considering to come to Karlsruhe, would there be some advice um, you would have uh, for this person? So uh, things they should think about um, in order to decide if this is the right thing for them or if they already are kind of just decided to come here, what they should um, look out for during their first time here in Karlsruhe? Well, you can start it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, uh, personally, for me, the biggest and the most important piece of advice I can give, which is actually someone gave that advice to me, um, just a messenger, but it is that do your research. Because... Um, whatever, just forget whatever you know about international international universities. Start from the very base and do your research well. Uh, just like what we discussed about the marketing thing, 
German colleges do not market themselves at all, right, at all. And so before coming to the KIT, before coming to Karlsruhe, I did not know how big this university was and, you know, how, yeah, how big it was. Whereas universities in the USA, which are rated much lower than KIT itself, are much more famous, right? And yeah, that's that's one thing that helped me a lot. And it's the biggest piece of advice I can give to anyone who's deciding to choose what college they want to attend. Mm. And um, what's your opinion about that? For me, I don't really have some uh, any advice because for me, it's like, I know this university before and mm. yeah. being in Stuttgart it's more near. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not a hard time for me to choose university. I don't have advice in that. Mm. So but um when you started out so changing from your um high school education to university very often is a serious problem for the students. Um in two things. The one thing is that um Very often they are not used to um, being responsible for everything on for mm. themselves. Mm -hmm. And then there are so many new things they have to take care for. And then the other thing is that um, during high school, very often you are taught new things and there is a lot of time to train it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. here we teach you a lot of new things and just yeah. give you no time to train it. And this is hard to kind of come up with own solutions, how to live with that. So was this a, a problem for you? Oh, for this, I think the best solution is make your own timetable. Mm. So organize your time. It's not that it's just, oh, this is due tomorrow, so I have to do it <laughs> now. It's more like it's more like if it's it is during a week, I'm going to plan it. When should I do it? Not leave it at the last minute. I mean, completely contrary to what she's uh, talking about, I am extremely lazy <laughs> and I'm not ashamed to admit it. So, uh, yeah, I do uh, pretty often tend to keep things near the submission date and things like that. But um, one thing, again, that I'm thankful for is that even though there are a lot of new things to learn from an... Uh, so w when you look at just mathematics, right, the thing that you really need to practice is solving things right to but to develop that mindset you just need to understand the concept once and then you can that that concept is set in stone right so even though there are a lot of new things that we're doing in, in advanced mathematics because my calculation basics i have practiced over a hundred times in high school so it doesn't really feel like so much because the concepts take one or two times probably just to get to get into your head mm -hmm. yeah And uh, what are your wishes for your time here in Karlsruhe? So what are the next steps maybe and what would you like them to be like? Of course, now a holiday a little bit <laughs> and a few more exams. But um, so for, for the next year in your mechanical engineering life here in Karlsruhe, what's on the table? For next year? Mm -hmm. Of course, following the lecture, and I might start in look where I want to do my master's for. Mm. So yeah, that's 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 on my timetable. I'm going to start looking at universities, maybe here or maybe someone else where I want to do my master for, and then start start prepare for it. For example, taking the tests or. Mm. But that's quite early, yes, because you're... Um, Actually, it's not. Not that, okay. I, yeah, because our course is three years course, mm -hmm. which means that um, already one year is passed and then maybe I need one year to prepare for the standard exam, for example, GRE or something like yeah. that. Right, right, and then I think the the sub application due for the master is about the the end of the year, which means that by the end of the next year, I have to s already submit my application if I want to go to master right after I finish my bachelor. So it's not actually not that early. To Hmm. And I feel that's a very important distinction between the European, at least the German style, 
of um, approach to education that I've seen where people don't really care about how fast it's done, but they yeah they want to do it at their own pace they do want to do it but at their own pace but i mean even uh, as a person who's indian originally and uh, yeah in asia the approach is more of uh, finishing it as fast as possible so you can start earning or working in the field fast as fast as possible so yeah there's a important distinction there did you feel um, it more difficult to learn the new subjects all in a to you foreign language also No, actually, uh, I mean, since we're doing it in English and I have done my entire education before in this English, in English, yeah. so it wasn't really a problem, but that was one of the biggest things that was putting me away from Germany because I wasn't sure how proficient the uh, teachers or the lecturers themselves would be in English, but I'm pleasantly surprised, I must say. Yeah. <laughs> I very often feel like an idiot myself and I'm standing on the blackboard and I don't come up with a word or something. Yeah, but you always help me out. Oh, the thing is that in mathematics we always have this um, saying that mathematics is always harder than the language. So whenever you can decipher, so for example, if someone who can't read Russian, then of course he can't read Russian. But if you can read Russian, then you always get the mathematics because you have so many formulas and things like that. Yeah. And like understanding the formulas is always the harder part. <laughs> yeah. And so that's why I'm doing it in English is maybe not that hard But doing mathematics can be hard, yeah. things like that. <laughs> and also, we kind of uh, the same um, conversation uh, with um, speaking about master courses in English and around the mechanical engineering and, and electrical engineering parts. The professors there very often complain that they think that if they are teaching in English, um, it's much, much harder for the German students to follow. And it's even, you know, hard for them to follow in these advanced courses if it's not their speciality, which they love. So it's something they have to do. And so they are not really um, in for changing everything to English. So they try to stick with German lectures. And so I was thinking about that, you know, comparing it uh, with the mathematics department where we are really always having um, English lectures on the master's level enough that you can make a master's completely in English. Of course, you don't have uh, all the lectures available, but maybe like one third of our lectures on this level, they are in English. And we, we consider this to be normal. And compared to the mechanical engineering, they, you know, they stay away from that way because they think the language things are really important there. I, I agree completely yeah. because even, I mean, it's evident in even the smallest things. If you're watching a movie, for example, right? And if it's originally in uh, English, But you're watching it in a German dubbed, right? You will somewhere lose the essence of the dialogues, you know, because it's not only what they are saying, but it is also how they're saying it and what the meaning behind those words is. And you sort of you, you lose that flavor of the language if you just do a translation, right? Mm. Yeah, that's why I'm always curious to hear. Uh, how the language feels in studying. And uh, you as mechanical engineers, of course, for you it's even different from our mathematical students. And so, But also it's the common language which you have with all your co-students. Mm -hmm. So even if you uh, discuss your everyday things, so organize your next party and things like that, it's yeah. always in English. <laughs> yeah. Or telling jokes, they yeah. have to be in English. Yes. Um, Do you feel, um, so because you learn intercultural things, do you uh, think this helps you also um, to make your group work? Or does it, doesn't it, so like um, is becoming a mechanical engineer enough of a common goal that there are not no real frictions or no real misunderstandings? No, I don't really think that because, there, um, I mean, coming from a particular background, yes, you have particular expectations of society and of people in society and their behavior and all of these things. And um, just coming into an international environment, you realize how acute these differences are between people and the way they think, their work ethic, their approach to any sort of task. And so I feel it's really useful and extremely important for an engineer working in an international environment to know how to go about interacting with people from other cultures and societies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how did you experience that? Yeah, like, 
Actually, we we will talk about in the intercultural communication exactly. class, like how how different culture has different, like for example, the interpersonal space, something、mm-hmm. like that. So,、um, you think、uh, it's present, but it's not really a deep problem. I think it could lead to problems if you're、It's、not aware.、Yeah. Exactly, because the technical knowledge can be the same, but if you're working in a team or if you're working in a hierarchy, you what's important is not only the technical knowledge, but how comfortable the whole team feels, how open they are, how responsive they are. And、um, you need to be able to understand different people and different cultures to actually you know, carry that out. Yes, and you do it just as a byproduct of being in the same classroom with people from all over the world. Yeah, but we also have some courses like, like what she said, intercultural communications and negotiations. It's really helpful that way.、Um, The thing is,、um, in the mechanical engineering here in Karlsruhe, in the German course, there are really very, very few women.、Mm-hmm. My experience with the English courses is that,、um, you know, if you stand in front of the audience, you really feel that. If you just look at a certain type of young men, which are kind of sitting there, like five hundred of them at the same moment, so it's even, you know, with men, it's even not very diverse. It's just a certain type, which is almost like eighty percent of them are these type. And then just a very very few women, and in the English language courses we very often had like at least a third women, and then it already feels a little bit different to to be in front of them. This time it's only two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So、um, is this、uh, something you think about being a woman in this environment, or is it just you know take it as you go? This is you know. Just a question. <laughs> I didn't really think about it.、Mm. Yeah. yeah. Now that's also kind of a hard question because you only have your one experience. You can't compare it to something.、Yeah. <laughs> so, but some, sometimes I have this feeling that、um, if I am as a woman entering a room、uh, which is、uh, filled with men, that it feels a bit awkward. You know, even if.、Um, I know it's my place,、um, and uh, nevertheless, it feels a bit funny.、Yeah. <laughs> Or then it happens, you know, that I'm addressed as the secretary, okay, which is asked,、yeah. how about the coffee and things like that,、oh, and I'm、yeah. like, yeah. So, and these types of things, of course, happen, and like you, <laughs> that's, that's life, you know. That's terrible. Yeah, yeah and so I, I'm just asking because I, it,、um, I kind of noticed at the first moment that there were only two, two girls in the group. To be honest, I've never seen about this. Oh, what you know? That's a good situation. If it feels just good, <laughs> then it's good. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So maybe that's a good moment to end our conversation for today. All right. I thank you very much that you took the time. And we thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And of course, I wish you all the best. Yes. Thank you. Thank you.